there was a point where I was really down and I was so close to giving up on life. But after that moment, I was like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be anyone to anyone. I don't have to achieve anything. All I am doing is living this moment. And then if I'm lucky enough, I'll live the next moment and maybe the next. How I got better, I think once you start following uh, the law of nature, which is live in the present moment and then be in the present moment, life takes care of itself. I, I think inner child work is quite powerful and being able to reparent yourself um, is, yeah, is very liberating and very transformational. Hello everyone and welcome to the YouTube channel and to the podcast. Today I've got a very special guest for you called Lahari. And I met Lahari a year ago, almost a year ago I think by now, when she was having CFS as well. And right now she's willing to share her recovery story with everyone, well, everyone who is watching. And when I met you, it was not like you were at rock bottom because you already had quite a few healing parameters installed. So how did your life look like? I think it was April last year. Yeah, too. I think when we first met, I, I was not at the rock bottom, but the couple of months just before we met, there was a period of five to six weeks where I was completely housebound and pretty much bedbound for a good part of the day, like 20, 20 hours of day. Uh, I was just completely lying down in bed. So I think I just came out of that really rock bottom phase just when I met you. So it, 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 things just started improving um, because of many healing parameters, as you say, that that, that were already in place. Um, but that was not the first time I was aware of having CFS. I think um, a, about nine to 10 months before we met, um, that's when I was really um, floored by the symptoms. When I say floored, I, I just couldn't do anything, couldn't get up, couldn't. It took me once um, three hours to make a cup of tea, just to get even to hold a mug or put the kettle on or fill the water because there, there was no energy, uh, no, no uh, stamina in, in my body. So, the, so that was about nine, ten months before we met. Um, and then uh, from there, I, I tried to help myself a little bit and then I got better. Maybe the placebo effect, I don't know. Uh, then I thought, okay, this is gone, I'm better. And then I went out, did things too quickly, too much. And then I was at the rock bottom. Uh, in, in CFS terms, people call it having a crash. And that crash was pretty hard than the first time around. Um, and then when I started slowly coming out of that, that's when uh, we met. So, yeah, at, at the time, it, the, although I was not completely in, the, in a dark room, closing all my blinds, having sunglasses on, which I was just before meeting you, but I was just out of that. If, if that makes sense. And what, because we talked about the healing parameters at that time, no. what were the things that made you feel a little bit better in that period? I, I think the big switch, there, there are quite a few different things, but the big switch was I stopped fighting. Up until that point, the first nine, 10 months of being faced with this new illness uh, at the time, that's how I saw it. Like, oh God, what, what's happening to my body or what's going on? Um, and I just wanted to get better. I just wanted to go and live my life as I was living before and, and to go do all the things like, like I was doing crazy amount of things say, for, for a normal human being. Um, I, I just wanted to get back to that. So, and that, that, that um, strong push of, I just want to go back. I just want to go back when my whole life wasn't working and that wasn't healthy. Um, there was a switch that happened that I was like, I'll just stop trying. I I just don't want to do anything. I I don't I don't want to fight. I don't want to get up. I don't want to do it. I, I'm just gonna just sit and uh, lie down wherever I was and and just see what's happening with my body. Just observe and through that I was more 
in touch with what's happening inside in in terms of my inner world uh, nervous system and how i was responding to whatever is going on so i was more in touch with my body my emotions and i, I was very slow in doing things and and just that being slow and being in nature and yeah just listening to my body uh, that those were the kind of things i think uh, from memory that i was doing when when we met originally um you said to me at the time that your symptoms started during a period of safety what happened exactly and why do you think that you developed symptoms i know i had uh, severe cfs symptoms in july 2021 so that's when i i was first just i couldn't do anything i completely went to cra- went into crash but i believe the the three to four years before that the fatigue and and the other symptoms that that are normally associated with MECFS i was experiencing them but i didn't know that was MECFS but looking back what happened um, now from where we are in 2023 so the past 5 6 years if i if i say um i started paying more attention to what's happening in my inner world not not just in my external world of what's going on with my job or life or physical health etc but i was i was paying more attention to my mental health uh, my emotional health and what's happening and how how i was feeling and i was learning about my sensitive side and the, the it was only baby steps but there was a different side um, to life that i was getting interested in and curious about and and started to pay attention and throughout that time there were a lot of big changes in life personally and professionally and, and lots of things were going on but all these new awareness and new knowledge that i was having they were only surface level yes i was paying attention to them but my underlying behaviors were still there so i i was trying to get through life as as it was as if the new information that i realized doesn't make a difference but sometimes i'm trying sometimes I, i i don't know so it it was all a little bit of confusing time and yes i was feeling safe at times but sometimes i'd feel totally out of control totally unsafe in every small situation and then i i got myself to a very uh, a safe place in terms of where i was living and 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 things around me where i really had time to um slow down and and felt safe and even when there was no external threats or factors even on a just normal day and a beautiful sunny day on a spring day i just get up and i'd have this total inner storm of lots of um, fatigue or pain anxiety and lots of different things going on and it just made me curious what what's going on what what's happening so this is the period I'd say 6 months before I was really um uh, completely floored down with CFS so I think what what happened that 6 months before looking back for me was I was allowing things to come to the surface so if you if you put everything in a, in a big bottle and then put the lid on and and the pressure was getting too much inside and I was slowly loosening the lid of the jar up and then I started opening that up and there there quite a few bereavements happened in the family we've lost quite a few family members as well so that was another factor that just pushed me over the edge and then when that lid came off all this suppressed pressure and and whatever was inside it just came out and took over in the form of MECFS symptoms well, yeah and it can be pretty overwhelming and that is a, for almost everyone the case like i ask you this specifically this question because for almost everyone there is a small period of relative safety and then you're like oh, i can relax for the first time in my life i get out of survival mode oh, i'm ar- i have arrived things are going better now and then the old stress is no 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 we want to come up as well and yeah and uh, sorry carry on yeah Yes, and I was going to say that the brain is like, oh my God, it's panicking. What is this? Create symptoms, and then a downward spiral is going to happen almost with everyone, and before we know it, we're bedbound. 
Yeah, I, I think I just want to say it for anyone listening is uh, I, I can say by looking back at my own journey, but it it it's ought to get worse before you start making uh, real progress because whatever you bottled up, whatever uh, you've suppressed or you were unaware of that you were holding inside your system mentally, emotionally, uh, physiologically, if, if that was suppressed all the time and you suddenly started doing something that feels safe and then you're letting it come up, they're not all going to go away in one wash. That when they start come to the uh, when they start coming to the surface, those effects are physiological and they start affecting and and that in your brain starts fighting back because its habit patterns are so ingrained and so deep. So I, I see a lot of messages in in our group and in in Facebook and and lots of other places as well where people get really disheartened and disappointed. Oh, why am I here again? I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm having symptoms again and I've gone back. It feels like I'm never going to win. But that's the nature of how the healing happens, at, at least in my experience. Is you start opening the door for whatever needs to come out and then they don't all come out in one go because the channel is only small and there's a bottleneck. So they start coming out slowly and it's the more you're aware of okay this is there's more for me to let go of there's more for me to let go of that's how you start um, gaining your freedom back over life or feel lighter as as things leave you and and yeah so i think for anyone that's uh, watching a, in a really dark place a really difficult time it's something else that you need to observe and let go and practice all the safety things and, and yeah, uh, follow the program as a great resource there. So, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, even at myself, when I look at myself, there can be thousands of flames. And then I'm good. And, uh, and maybe uh, I wake up, I have a headache, and I'm like, oh, there is something going on here. Do the release work. And then 20 minutes later, I'm good again. So I'm like, oh, I have some sort of control back. Although, you know, it comes whenever I'm not expecting it. But Yeah. Yeah. You told me that a very big part of your healing journey was the awareness of coping mechanisms. Good. What kind of coping, mechanism, me- coping mechanisms did you have? And how did it influence you? And also, how did you turn it around? Yeah, that that was a really big part, and uh, as you know, I even written a blog about it, which is which is on your your program website now. So, um, I want to take a step back from even before coping mechanisms, but because before I even realized how my life was uh, being run by these coping behaviors slash mechanisms, I as uh, I sometimes refer to this as a giant mud in my brain or in my inner experience so you don't know what's going on what's coming from where what's happening and then when I started to slow things down and really pay attention to my body and feeling emotions rather than thinking about them and and really see how they come up I started observing out of nowhere uh, my body and mind reaches out to some form of comfort or some form of uh, activity that tries to move me away from what I wanted to do, which was to connect with the body, to feel what I was feeling. And that that to get to that stage, it took a lot of very um, intense meditative state in, and I was constantly meditating and, and doing a lot of journal speak at the time to process my emotions and, and, and just let things flow. And by doing a number of these things, when I finally arrived, and I, I think I may have shared this with you in one of our sessions before, where I just wanted to go for a walk one day because that's what um, I wanted to do. And just to gently walk in nature next to a river, be safe for my brain and, and system. But as soon as I got out of the house, uh, before I even realized what was happening, I put my keys in the car 
And I was like, hang on a minute, why why am I in the car? Because I was like, oh, let's go for a drive. No, no, no. I wanted to walk. I didn't want to drive. So where is this action that I didn't even realize? Where is this autopilot action that's coming from that I didn't even realize? And that's because when I wanted to go for a walk, I wanted to be with my emotions and, 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 and be completely present in the moment. But my brain was perceiving that as a threat, as a danger. So it automatically switched into, oh, let's go for a drive so you don't do what what you wanted to do. And there were a number of these things that I was just starting to pay attention when I, when I just wanted to sit and observe what's happening in my body. I suddenly have this urge to go make a cup of tea or go eat something or go for uh, a chat with somebody or go do something else instead of being there in that moment in, and be present. That's when it just switched something in my brain. Hang on a minute. There is something that inside of me that's trying to get me away from the present moment because it's perceiving that present moment as as something that's not wanted and that's when uh, i think we mentioned and talked about coping coping mechanisms and i, I really um <laughs> uh, put my foot down on coping mechanisms and really okay well but well, let's see let's see what what you've got brain in terms of coping mechanisms and it, it, it was crazy at times where I'd, I'd want to go on a walk and, and pay attention and, and have a chat with my own inner child or inner dialogue. And uh, at times my brain would just go off on a tangent or go do something else or mentally it, it, it comes up with crazy ideas or whatever. And, and uh, as soon as I realized that, I was like, okay, we've gone off too far. And then I sit down, but I'd find a bench on a park in a park and sit down myself at the present moment and uh, sometimes it would take me like five inches before I could bring myself back to the present moment so you can imagine how much strength this automatic habit pattern had in terms of uh, controlling my coping mechanisms it's it, it, it sometimes it took me an hour like going from bench to bench and, and realizing okay I'm, I'm still my brain is still trying to run away still trying to run away come back it's okay safe come back let's let's be back at the present moment and that that was a real eye opener in in my healing process to how my mind was working against me working against my physiology and but uh, yeah not not in alignment or not together but they, they i i guess it was trying to protect me but from a danger that doesn't exist in the current reality from a danger that probably existed in the past in, in, in my old um, self. So uh, trying to break that down and understand how that is showing up in real life and how that is showing up in the here and now and and overcoming that was a big step change in, in my recovery. And once I realized that, um, it was not no overnight I got completely better and uh, I've never had any symptoms ever. No, that's not, that's not the case. But what I had was the understanding and, and the realization of how my coping mechanisms were being detrimental to my own progress and how I can be aware of them and disengage so I have more uh, control in a positive way, not, not control as being in control of everything, more control sure. of my own journey and my own healing progress. So, um, yeah, at, at I really feel passionately about everyone realizing how they are coping with their lives and why coping is not what we should strive for. Coping is, as in its uh, name says, it's coping. It's not thriving. It's it's not being. It's, you're just trying to cope, which in itself can be quite harmful if it's done day in and day out, not on, uh, if it's not done in a special circumstance just to get you over the hurdles but if you're constantly coping that's the underlying problem and um, at, at least as a first step I'd, I'd urge everyone to examine and look at how am I coping in my day-to-day -day life which of it is coping which of my behaviors are actually enjoying and uh, joyful Her. so wow yeah beautifully said so 
at one point I realized that I was coping like 99% of my time in my own journey or maybe 100 even. And all that coping was in the end was to get my attention somewhere else. So it was a distraction. But as soon as I then, you know, completed this amazing task or whatever I, my ego wanted, feeling amazing, achieving some stuff or being a good comedian when I used to be, I was still where I used to start, you know, like feeling not good and don't want to engage with my own feelings. But it's also pretty difficult, you know, to, to, to look into this stuff because not everybody would like to be that honest with themselves. Oh God. Yes. Um, uh, yes, I think the point that got me to realizing coping mechanisms and, and the effect of that on my health and well-being, the, the many steps before that, uh, the one thing that uh, led to it is being brutally honest with myself. You, you don't have to be honest with everyone else if you don't want to. That's secondary. But if you're not honest with yourself, if you're not really looking at yourself and, and saying, this is how I feel, or I want this, or I don't want this, and then that's that's where things can start going really wrong and, and really downhill. So I, I really had to take stock and look at what's happening both internally and externally in my life. And I I was uh, doing many things. Um, I had a, quite a, 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 a big responsibility in my job and I was hiking very regularly. I'd, I'd, I'd go quite lengthy distances, quite high um, mountains and hills. I'd, I'd, I was growing an allotment vegetables with a friend. I, I'd, I'd go running. I'd have... I'd, I'd, host dinner parties for friends I'd, I'd go out and socialize quite uh, in, in quite a few different things I quite a very active community life and very social life whereas inside sometimes I, I couldn't even bring myself to get out of the door but I was like no 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 no, no. I have to be running I'd, I have to go do this many uh, kilometers of running or this many miles of walking or I have to go do dig this plot of land up to grow Th- that was all coming from a place of um, pressure, internal pressure, subconscious pressure. Sometimes not, I, I didn't even realize. Uh, I feel guilty of not doing these things, not being this active citizen or, or a good friend that socializes with everybody or this high achiever at work or this good family member for all my family, uh, like my parents and sister and grandparents, etc. And all of that um subconscious pressure it was almost like a mountain of pressure and when I looked at it really honestly and and observed I do I do I really want to do all of these things am I really enjoying them or am I doing it out of a, a place of pressure or a place of needing to be a certain way because society dictates so that radical honesty with self, that's what started um, helping me to realize quite a few things. And, and I, I was really brutally honest with myself in general speak. And and that's when things started flowing. And that's what got me to realizing my coping mechanism that I was using this high achievement or high adrenaline through physical activities or constantly socializing or being there for other people before even looking after myself and all of these were coping mechanisms every part of my life looking at it and some of it was intertwined with things that I really enjoy like I I enjoy cooking I enjoy painting I enjoy walking I enjoy growing vegetables and different things but it was not coming from a place of joy most of the time it was coming from a place of pressure and that I need to do this to be worthy of living a life on this planet or whatever so that Honesty, uh, authenticity. I think the word is overused these days a lot, but it's it, it's really important uh, to consider it. And that authenticity with yourself is really really important if um, if you want to heal and get better. Yeah. Oh wow. You said many good things. I I'm sure many people recognize a lot of it and that it's really helpful. And looking back to our coaching sessions, I think you booked three, but we only had two. And 
we were speaking about some of the things I think in the first session and then I had an idea like what's underneath and I, I planned like in my head maybe we could do two more sessions one to go to the underlying fear that could yeah. be there yeah and and the other one we, we never even did and um, so c can you tell me a little bit what happened when we dive into the fear I think I mean if, if I remember it correctly we had the first session where it was more like let's get to know um, and and I was going through what's happening in my situation and where I was and uh, you reflected back which is quite useful and the second session and, and uh, you, you, I think you said to me yeah let's dive into this fear and I was like yes let's dive into that fear because uh, um, it's something that I don't think I have uh, actively looked into before but I remember even in the second session I don't think we gone fully to the bottom of my fear we, we talked about it and and looked at how it is but what happened during that time and after is i really started to let my fear come through and up until that point i w i mean even if i was afraid inside i would never portray the behavior not sometimes not even consciously it's ever since i was a little child i was always this symbol of being brave in in the family that I grew up in 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 the society that I was in so I always had this um brave outlook for whatever brave meant at the time I, I don't identify as that anymore but it's um not showing emotions and not feeling fear that was the old definition of being brave and that 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 I had that persona of being brave without even um consciously choosing to be brave if that makes sense but once i started looking at fear and once we touched upon it i was like okay there's something here i think this might be the real key for me to looking at what's going on and started letting the fear come up and there were a few times where um i was exploring it through my journal speak and for sometimes couple of days i would be in in real trembling real shivering situation because I was letting my old fears come to the surface so they can, they can be released. And over the next few weeks, not even like a lot of weeks, I think within a couple of weeks after we had our second chat, um I I was out volunteering um for a couple of weeks in on on a, a very remote farm in Wales and there was another friend with me. And after a week or so, she said to me like, "Why are you so afraid all the time?" And that was the first time in my life i've ever heard someone say to me that i was afraid that was it it for anyone else that might be non trivial but for me that was such a big thing because i was not holding my fear inside or i was not behaving um in an automatic habit pattern of my brain trying to suppress emotions i was letting my emotions flow through if i was afraid that's just that's just coming up so that was a big um success for me in my in my journey to realize oh wow yes i um I, i think i'm on the right path it's it sounds silly sometimes if if you're not uh, in the mcfs community that you need to feel your fear <laughs> but yeah being afraid was the best thing i could have done uh, to to heal it's uh, i was like yeah i am afraid i am afraid what's uh, what's going to happen uh, and n not in a sense of being decapitated by the fear but acknowledging it like yes in this moment of time i am afraid and feeling the fear and holding space for fear if if that makes sense more than um anything else because i think in the past what i've done historically is if there was fear without even realizing pushing it away or um, invalidating it by saying oh there's nothing to be afraid of you, you can go through with it you can do something else da, 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 da. I, uh, yeah it's i used to think about fear and and problem solve it not feel the fear and yeah. um, that's when i was in counseling before i even was diagnosed with um mcfs I was talking to counselor about something else that is going on in my life at the time but um, after 6 months of counseling literally in my last session with her she said to me you're really good at thinking about your feelings problem solving them and putting a plan of action together but 
I don't think you're feeling your feelings. I was, I was like, what? <laughs> I I <laughs> wish you said that to me on day one, not at the end of six months. But that that was a big switch in realizing and realizing how feelings work because I, I, I see so many people day in and day out now and my cousins and friends and colleagues who, when you talk about feelings, people... It, think and immediately oh i'm going to do this about feeling i'm going i'm 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 feeling afraid or i'm feeling a bit bored oh i'm just going to go go out or do something instead of feeling the feeling and you once you've been through that process you can see where the problem is in other people as well i guess so it's uh, yeah I, I don't know how i ended up in talking about thinking versus this feeling the feelings but it it was a really important um, difference in understanding as well and again I urge everyone uh, who's watching to observe whether you're thinking about and intellectualizing your feelings or whether you're feeling your feelings and I think you might be the one that uh, mentioned this like feelings usually appear on part of your breathing in in your body um, yeah. that, that I think uh, yes that's very true as well and uh, they might come up as different sensations um in in the body but it's feel for me feelings appear physiologically the way how they manifest is physiologically and there's no uh denying about that i think even in the scientific community there's lots of evidence if people are worried about that but yeah paying attention to feelings is is a big uh, part in the recovery thank you thanks for sharing and uh Going back to the park benches and going for walks, you said on every park bench and you wrote me an email or you wrote it as well in the Facebook community, you were sitting there with your inner children and you had yes. many of them. What exactly happened there? Yeah, so that that period of time in my recovery was, uh, was a very special time actually. Once I started... Uh, paying attention to my inner world and doing inner work, I started realizing there was um, it, there was a lot of emotional wounds. There, there, there was a lot of inner inner trauma that, that got suppressed throughout the years. And they, I started connecting to my inner children. And I think I've gone a bit crazy there. I think at one point I had seven different inner children inside of me at seven different ages and there, there was a lot going on um, and I quickly realized okay I, 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 I can't overwhelm myself with a lot of emotions so I had to pace myself through that so but it was quite quite a, a, a revelationary time in, in my healing and I think um, if you're not familiar with, with inner child work, people might have heard about parts work or shadow work. I, I, I think they're pretty much very similar in, in terms of you when you start working with your emotional history and emotional background, if there was a part of you that was wounded when you were, let's say, four, five, six, I, I don't know, for whatever reasons, whether that was a family situation, whether that was a societal or a school or somewhere else, abuse or big T trauma, small T trauma, for whatever reasons, and you haven't had um, a safe environment then and there to process it and express it and, and heal from that, that part of you is is still suppressed in, 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 your, in your body. And the, when you start working with healing process and they start to come up, and now when they come up, that is your opportunity to hold that space to help heal that part of you, that inner child of you, to feel safe and to reintegrate back into the, the version that you are now. And I think Teal Swan talks quite a lot about uh, doing parts work and how our consciousness and who we are when we're born and it, how it splits into hundreds, thousands of different parts as we move through life and as we socialize into daily life and how we're doing this inner child and parts work is one of the most self-loving things that you can do for yourselves. And um, I still do um, parts work or inner child work. I, I think I've moved on from using the term inner child. I, 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 I call it more parts work because I think... Um, I feel like some of my inner children have been integrated more 
which is quite nice, which is a good progress. Maybe I'm growing up, it's good. Um, but yeah, whenever there is an inner conflict and you you want to do something or you want something and you behave in a different way, that's different parts of you are, are working differently and want different things, acknowledging them and giving them a safe space to voice what they have to say and how they're feeling and working with the different parts of different children and and bringing them to safety um has been, has been another big part of my recovery and um I, I say this to quite a lot of people these days so i think a lot of us irrespective of which part of the world you're in which um ethnicity you're born into which religion which culture doesn't matter so that i think as the world stand uh, as the world stands in 2023 and and looking back last how many ever hundreds of years everybody will have some or the other trauma growing up for irrespective of situations it, it some for some people it might be quite severe for some people it might be different and 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 Kabarmate talks quite a lot about how it's not what happens to us trauma is what we make mean inside of us which is quite powerful and we have all of these different things that are affecting our upbringing and life and um, our parents might not have parents or caregivers might not have the knowledge or have had the knowledge to provide um, a safe environment for us to grow up for whatever reasons and some do their best some don't for whatever reasons and yes there is an element of acknowledging that that I haven't had the best of the situations growing up etc etc when you're in a position right now healing through such debilitating illnesses like MECFS or it could be other chronic illnesses and you start taking uh, ownership of your own healing process and your own journey and there there is an opportunity for you to reparent yourselves from your um, earlier self and that's the work that I've done with minor children so when an unsafe situation came up and one part of me or an inner child of me feels very threatened, very unsafe, very confused, the adult me, as I am right now with the knowledge uh, that I've acquired in the world right now, if I am given the opportunity to be a parent for this child in this moment and, and looking at that part of me as an, a different entity, how would I respond to that? How can I provide that safe environment? And, and that process in itself is really powerful in in your healing and it what what it can do is shift the the blame and responsibility from the source of your um trauma source of um your abuse or whatever you've experienced in life to having that power yourselves being able to repair it and i, I don't just suggest everybody to do it by yourselves if, if you need help talk to people like daniel and and, and other um, professionals that have experience in doing this work but I, I think inner child work is quite powerful and being able to reparent yourself um, is yeah is very liberating and very transformational so and did you actively search for them or did they just come up and you just had to feel I, I I've never searched for any of them. I think it's um, it it again. This is I, I can only connect the dots looking back. So, I was diagnosed with um, MECFS July twenty twenty one, and I was slightly better in September to October. So for about three months I was really ill, and then I was getting slightly better, and then around December time, I just went into a bookshop and then I saw a coloring book. I don't know, and it was a children's coloring book. I don't know what I was thinking. I, my, I think that's that was my inner child saying, oh, I just, I just want to color a book. And I just bought it, and I colored maybe one or two pages, and then I left it. And when I was really ill again a few months later, I just wanted to pick that up. There was something inside. When I started paying attention to what's happening in my inner world, there was this urge to just go color this children's coloring book. And the more I started doing that, the more, and then I was meditating and then I was journaling. So the more I was doing what I was, uh, what I wanted to do and being in the present, there were all these um, 
memories that were suppressed and all these inner children that came up. Yeah, one just wanted to just just do a coloring book. That's that's all one part of me wanted to do, and one part of me just wanted to talk about emotions and 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 then really say out um, what what she wanted to say. And yeah, there there were lots of different characteristics to different parts of me, and yeah, they just naturally came up. I think uh, the best thing I could have done in that that I did was just create a safe space and and open that space and. Um, I actually remember one of the big things that helped me during that time is your emotional healing meditation. I think it's in your eighth module, unless you've changed modules now. It's, it's still in eighth. It's still in eighth, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that that was really helpful. I think before re- even coming across the meditation, through all this work, I was I, I just came to this point of this is my opportunity to reparent myself and this is my op- opportunity to provide that safe space. And then I remembered uh, putting your meditation on and sitting there. And when you said something along the similar lines, I was just sobbing. I was like, I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right work. Because I think sometimes when you're go- going through lots of difficult things like this, that validation and reassurance can go a long way. So thank you for that. Ah, thank you. You're welcome. So now everybody is thinking like, okay, I'm doing the emotional work. You're doing the emotional work. But how... Did that make you feel better? Yes. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I I wasn't even um, that when I was really doing the work. It was not because oh yeah I want to get better and I, I just don't want to be here in this place. No no. I just, there was a point where. I was really down and I was so close to giving up on life. And and I I don't say this lightly because I know how many people suffer how deeply in in the MECFS community and it's 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 such a serious illness and I know of people that have actually lost their lives to this. So it, it during my really tough times I I was one of those people. I was like I, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm ready to just go just, just give up this life. And from there was something in my head. I was like, okay, if I'm ready to go, then maybe I'll start living and living one moment at a time and see how long I can put up with this. And just by being in, uh, not 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 alone, but being in that present moment and that switch in uh, thinking and switch in um, approach and attitude towards how I looked at life. And before that, my life was like, I have to achieve this, I have to earn this much, I have to have like this house or have this kind of lifestyle. Like you can say the list is so long. But after that moment, I was like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be anyone to anyone. I don't have to achieve anything. All I am doing is living this moment. And then if I'm lucky enough, I'll live the next moment and maybe the next. And I still, most of the time, still live by the same principle. Like, I'll, sometimes I only look at next 20 minutes. If I survive that, then think about next step, maybe an hour at a time. So um, I used to make like three, five-year plans before. Now I hardly make plans for next week. So it's that, that, that's the shift. And how I got better, I think once you start following uh, the law of nature, which is live in the present moment, and then be in the present moment, life takes care of itself. And I, I started seeing improvement in symptoms because you, you're not f- too much focusing on symptoms. So um, I have this pain, I have this exhaustion. I'm like, I'm here, there's sunshine. Okay, there's pain. Okay, there's rain or there's something nice going on. Okay, and you, you, you're just constantly um, appreciating what you have in that moment and yeah, and it, it started getting better. And it, it's not all it's not all rosy picture. It was there were times where I'd slip back uh, because maybe something else came up and I needed to release. And um, there are still times very very few these days, but where I was like, okay, I thought this, I know, I know something is going on, and I just need to regroup and 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 come back to myself. But yeah, I think when they were, when so the, all the things that we talked about, the, realizing the coping mechanisms and uh, doing the inner child work and thinking versus feeling, 
and living authentically. When when you keep doing that, and it's like practice every day. It it's like how how you need to um, practice your um, like if you if you want to have physical health and the muscle health, you you need to do daily practice of exercise, whatever that might be, whatever that suits you. It's similar for your overall well being, holistic health. Um, that most mainstream misses only looks at one part of health. So if you want to look at your holistic health, then you, you you have to I think regularly look at how how are you coping behaviors showing up in your daily life, or how's how are you being present with your feelings, and how how is your authenticity? Are there any old patterns coming up? So I guess by doing them as regularly as possible, um, my symptoms have mostly gone away. Touch wood, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, things got better. That's great. So, so how do you live right now? How does your life look like? Uh, there's no agenda or a big plan. Uh, there's no pressure if I have to achieve this or that. Um, there's more awareness of how I'm feeling and uh, like really feeling. Because I'm, I'm I'm in touch with what's going on. Um, I am living more meaningfully, and every day feels like, wow, this was not where I was day before or the day before. See, I, even though it's only been just a short of a year since we met, that feels like a lifetime ago. It's the how I was there. To where I am now, it it just it I'm, I'm able to work. I just started uh, work earlier this week, actually, and I've, I've been traveling for most part of the past uh, ten months. And I, when I was really poorly, I couldn't drive for more than five minutes. And there were times where I just couldn't even drive or get out of the house. And recently, I drove all the way from uh, Rostock in Germany all the way to Sheffield in England, which is like literally the, the, on the road behind the wheel for two days. And that wasn't a problem. And whereas if if you <laughs> looked at how I was a few months ago, that would be totally unthinkable. And I know that would be unthinkable to some of you that may be watching, but it's, I, I think when people say, oh, time heals things, time is only a factor Time can help you heal things, but it's just having time alone doesn't heal. It, 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 just having time, it's it's not like, oh yeah, give it a year, you'll get better now. You have to actively take ownership of your healing process. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I, I did that. So yeah, life feels much better. And I am glad to say um, I've realized how precious life is and how uh, wonderful to be a human in this universe and, and, and to have the opportunity. So I enjoy it as much as I can and I live as authentically as I can. And yeah, uh, and looking forward to what the rest of my life brings, however long or short that might be. Yeah, That well, might maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's all anyone ever dreams of anyway. So that's, that's great, it's amazing. Thank you and uh, thank you, massive thank you because I came across you and your program at a time where, yeah, I was uh, really confused and I was like, where am I going wrong? What am I doing wrong? There must be something that I could do to help myself. And whatever I was looking at, there were different programs and different things that I was looking at. They just didn't click with me, didn't, didn't work with me. and coming across your story on Raylan's YouTube channel and when you talked about emotional stress and how that was normalized for you and then eventually looking at your program, I was like, wow, that's exactly what's going on in my life. <laughs> that, I, that's what I needed to do. That's why some of the other things uh, didn't fully sit with me. Yes, they would help, but they weren't getting to the root cause of many things. So, um, yeah, I I am really grateful that uh, I managed to come across you and, and uh, we, we had a chance to chat. And yeah, I think that was the right thing at the right time that could have happened. So it was a blessing. So, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Lari. <laughs> thank you. 
Hey, um, do you have got any tips, things that we haven't spoken about that would be helpful for anyone else? Yes. What, one, I mean, of, of the things that we have spoken about, there's quite a lot there. But one thing that I would say is chill. Just don't take healing very seriously. And be, I, I come across so many wonderful people that are so weighed down by the emotional work they have to do. They're, oh, there's so much to do. There's this to do. There's that to do. Take it lightly. Do one thing at a time. Be in that moment. And, and just as much as possible, enjoy to be joyful. And I think that can um, fuel your energy to do the work that helps you eventually heal. But yeah, don't forget to be joyful. Life is meant to, I think, meant to be joyful. Um, yeah. Also with the recognition that there is suffering too. But yeah, just enjoy and be in the moment. Yeah. Yes, I think that's important. And we, we, we talked about our, in our first session already about joy. Yeah. Because everybody takes it overly serious and then they want to do 10 hours a day of emotional work. And like, oh. <laughs> no. If, if, if you're coming at it from the same pressure of I have to do this uh, to get better to do, I have to achieve this, then you're perpetuating the wrong behavior again. Just, just be and enjoy. Yeah. Uh, have that playfulness that a child has. So, yeah, I think that's what this is wonderful. And uh, you're still part of the Facebook group, so uh, it's... yes, I am. Um, I'm, I must apologize to all our community because I, I'm not very active there uh, because my real life has <laughs> taken off quite actively. So, uh, yes, I'm still there. If people want to talk to me, you can reach out. I look through my messages and I respond occasionally when I have the time. So yeah, feel free to reach out. I'd, I'd love to hear from people and offer any thoughts of comfort or safety where I can. So. Yeah, great. Thank you. And yes, Thank uh, you. for everyone watching in Facebook groups for advice, uh, most people that are healed are not in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, sti just about still there. <laughs> Yeah, but I have to not, ask sometimes people to come back to the Facebook group because I, you know, <laughs> please, can you help me a little bit there? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'll see what I can do there. But yeah, but I, I am there. I'm still there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks a lot for uh, for your story, uh, Lahari. I think it's a beautiful story and I think a lot of people can learn from it and it's inspirational. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share it. Great. Then, goodbye. <laughs>